is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joint, host Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we have the Malmö match review as our friends up in the Nordic region might pronounce it. Probably don't, though, but hey. I'm swinging for the fences, Dan, because it is midweek. I am loopy and cannot wait to get into this one. Yeah, it's it was a midweek match. It was a perennial type of midweek match that just hit all the right notes of chaos and joy and despair and enlightenment and exciting times. Nick, I think there's a lot of adjectives and adverbs you could throw on here to describe this match. I mean, yeah, it was a home. I have. I have one for you. It it was shithouse is what it was. Uh, there We'll get into it, but that, that was my uh, one-word match review, shithouse. We definitely will be getting into the rest of those, uh, but we're going to be talking about the calculated risks and a costly victory from Thomas Ducal. Then we'll look at the opportunity that's emerging for a few players, and then lastly, we'll look at how the group is shaping up and what comes next. Definitely getting into the probabilities of making sure why not us can repeat itself. So, Dan, at the beginning, we got to get a temp check on everybody with the patented, copywritten, often imitated, never matched, three-word match review. There were a lot. There were a lot of unhappy people with, uh, even in a win, which is unfortunate and tells you maybe how today's match went. AJ Heston with the at what cost. I'm Mm. envisioning... (laughs) the Thanos type of element there. Uh, Mark Lindsay with the bring back Broja. Liberation always wins. Kevin with the trust sports science, not just trust science. Jackson with the bracing for Jorginho. Our friend Andrew with a bittersweet, not symphony, but victory. Ben with the defensive goals only. Ultra Ernie with the moist Malmo mauling. Jeremy with the injuries dilute result. Tana with the Danish Prince Golasso. And team on the drugs with we missed him with Rudy hand to the ear. Say what? Plenty, plenty in there for us to to chew on. Nick, I heard you chime in at once at one point. The the moist Malmo mauling was uh, damn it. Anytime you use moist, that's a real that's a real bad beat. So uh, it's a choice. It's <laughs> it, it sure is, is a choice, absolutely. And uh, Ernie went there, but I'm not really surprised, right? That nope. Reno boy. Whew. Not surprised. All right. Uh, I put goal damn broken. All right. Get that one shot per game bullshit out of here. Four for the day. Dan, what about you? Dane, comma, defense delivers. Dan's starting to write headlines with his three-word match yeah. reviews. <laughs> See, how, how much power can you evoke with a three-word match review? It's a fucking ton. Ton. Uh, I went with a little play on words here. Costly UCL mal momentum. This is where Jake adds in the little like, mm, like <laughs> loopy noise sound effect. Uh, I mean, you you, you get credit for doing it. Uh, execution a little bit different. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into the match, we do have two brand new friends, Dan, that we want to give a quick shout out for. And why would we be giving these two? A shout out. Five star reviews in Apple Podcasts. Five star reviews in Apple Podcasts. Two more people leaving wonderful five star reviews in Apple Podcasts. It's a total of 10 stars between these two heroes. We had T. Segyala from Australia and Emmy Lili from Sweden, both leaving uh-huh. wonderful five star reviews. So we super appreciate that. Uh, go leave one right now. I mean, you might have a new iPhone. No, Brandon just got his new iPhone. You know, like we 
Leave a five-star review. Just go Broke ahead. my internet. I swear. Can't convince me otherwise. It was the phones. It's not how tech works. Mm. Anyways, match details. Here we go. We played Mama in on this past Wednesday, the 20th of October, in said Champions League. It was at the bridge. A rainy-ass, downpouring Whoa. day at the bridge. Deluge. Uh, yeah, scoreline. Chelsea, Mama, according to Dan. No, obviously 4-0. <laughs> uh, we don't have highlights because Champions League, so there's no fist stand. Um, so we can jump right into the lineup, Danathan. Well, no surprise. It is the often the forgotten man. If it is a FIFA team of the week, if it's a awards, just doesn't get enough plaudits and praise. It is the Edouard Mendy, Christensen, Thiago Silva, and Rudiger in front of him. It was Aspilicueta, Conte, Jorginho, and Chilwell, and then Mount, Werner, and Lukaku up top. Substitutes unused included Aretha Balaga, uh, Bettinelli. We had Chalaba, Barkley, Kovacic, Loftus, Cheeks, Havertz, or sorry, uh, uh, and Ziyech. We had used substitutes, including Saul, came onto the pitch at some point, huh. Havertz, Hudson Adoy, and Reese James. Alonzo. And Alonzo, yes. We used all five. Yes. Indeed, Five. indeed. But it, but, but we, we, it was made tricky for us because we, we're not making the halftime sub because we had the two individual instances. We could only make one sub a grouping in the second half. Yep. Yeah, we started it out there. Definitely made it a little bit tricky. Uh, we weren't the only ones, though. They had to sub out the goalkeeper half, which probably was good for us. Anyways, uh, some of the top line stats. Chelsea with an overwhelming 73% possession. 20 shots. Seven on target. They had two shots with none on target. We had seven corners to their two. We had 11 tackles to their six and two offsides apiece. They had three cautions to our none, nada. Mm. And at XG Philosophy saying Chelsea had a 2.64 expected goals to Malmo's zero, or 0.07. Uh, so a good defensive day. And then lastly, Nick, I'm going to a leading question here, maybe leading stat from Matt Opta Joe saying 137. Andreas Christensen has scored his first ever goal for Chelsea in what is his 137th competitive appearance for the club. He is Chelsea's 14th different goal scorer in all competitions this season. Array, to which Kate said, How effing sweet was the AC goal today? Uh huh. Yeah. Good. I mean, good for him, man. It, obviously, he's been playing his tail off defensively. Uh, he's a Champions League winner. Uh, he's a Super Cup winner. Um, but, you know, we've all been kind of wondering for some time now, like, will he finally break his duck? Will he finally get on the board from a corner or, or a set piece of some sort? And, uh, you know, Dan, I, I guess I didn't see the goal unraveling the way that it did. I thought no. <laughs> it was kind of a, a squirrely one. But, uh, you know, congratulations to, to your Danish prince. Well, and what a delivery from Silva, too. Like, the defender-to-defender connection there. Like, that, he probably, if you're giving credit for percentages to the goal, he probably gets the higher percentage there of the pie. But, you know, credit for Christensen being in the right spot, just getting far enough forward and giving a nice little move to it to put it past the keeper. It was great. And, uh, you know, I did the the grab the jersey, show off the badge type thing within the celebration, exactly what you want to see. Just, well, it's special. A special moment for him, special day. He didn't know what to do. No <laughs> he shot. Was, he's not He's not well-practiced. He did hit a couple of bangers in the Euros, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I think we're just all really pleased for him. I wish he would have done it when I predicted it, uh, frankly. Um, so maybe there's something that we can work on together there, uh, Mr. Christensen, but... Uh, but other than that, uh, I you know again 
just super pleased. A guy that has truly, truly, truly earned his place. 137 appearances. That's going to be the stat in your like Christmas trivia book someday. Like which Chelsea player scored their first goal on their 137th appearance. Yeah, it's a that's a lot of appearances and a lot of different competitions, right? Like I'm sure he's played in plenty of care about cup matches, maybe FA Cup against mm. Swindon Towns and <laughs> shit like that. And it wasn't with his head, obviously. But who's the next one now? Who's the next person that we're going to be waiting for to score that first goal? Ah, uh, okay. Um, Timo. Oh, wait. Stop <laughs> no, it. All right, all right, all right. You're just, you're just a mean person. So now we have, we have the, uh, the, the Nick really patented, patented eye test shithouse moment of the match. And this image is haunting. <laughs> all right. Look. Uh, is this going on Instagram? Look, we all missed Antonio Rudiger over the weekend, and he reminded us why today. Uh, As Joe said, uh, some some variation of the following, the man is clearly not all there. And this image would suggest, boy, there is something there's something just a little crazy about about the guy. But we, we love it. He he clearly gets bundled over for the penalty, a goal that he almost scores anyway. And then he gets up and does the Gene Simmons from Kiss, tongue out, eyes crazy. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He he got his result. And uh, the man is our lovable psychopath. I just, I, I don't know what else to say, Dan. He tapped the head, too. Like, uh, he, like oh, I, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I absolutely, 100% executed this flawlessly. And look. We just need to get the contract done. Like let's let's just get it done. He brings too much in not in just terms of play, but just like the energy and the extracurriculars that he gets into. Uh, Fantastic. He won the ball all the way up in the final third, Brandon. Harassed the ball away from that guy. It was awesome. It was his goal. They should have let him take the penalty. They let him take the thirty the thirty yard free kick. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure he laughed at as he just blazed it over. Um, but yeah, I, look, it's a pen, too. I mean, he went to his shot and the guy just barged into his back. I Mama mean, didn't have, uh, how do you say, uh, technique. Um, they were they were pretty uh, rough and ready today. Uh, not a whole lot of uh, finesse to their game. All right. Um, so I guess let's go ahead and take our break, get it out of the way. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. We when we're back, we're going right into why it was a costly victory. Here we go. All right. I like how the transition coming out of this, Nick, is more pods. More pods. Everybody, get ready. More pods. This is our fourth podcast this week. It's the fourth weekday. Everybody. Yeah, more pods. We have a Norwich preview coming. So how about that? Enjoy some of that. It'll be five pod bang it'll be it'll be a it'll be a, a real norch treat you know we'll have we'll take it very seriously and all that stuff so, so uh that definitely gave it away anyways costly really victory the audience on that there hey <laughs> oh, you're really shit. gonna love this bang average episode of the Book podcast where we take it super seriously when we talk to you about norch. i'm gonna i'm gonna send my morning update on downloads me like yeah zero percent change day over day so thanks Weird. nick Weird. <laughs> costly victory we won the match but we had injuries to key players boo uh, so the problem is we got Kate double feature here saying 
Uh, what is the likelihood Premier League coverage will continue to show us the Lukaku ankle injury in slow motion a few more times? But seriously, it's gross. They need to never show it again. Ankles shouldn't bend that way. Uh, can I get an ankle foot expert in here? Dan, I feel like that's you. They should not bend that way. Correct. Uh, not the a magic of the human body. He Dr. Dan. Again. Actually, it should be Dr. Nick if we want to go Simpson style. Mm. <laughs> yeah, true. We go alliteration. Dr. You know Nick. this show. Uh, look, Lukaku getting chopped down from behind with a terrible tackle defender clearly in no man's land uh went through the back of him even kind of wrapped around i'm not going to call it a scissor but it was a very bad tackle um unfortunately kind of like is lukaku never got control of the ball it was just he was literally just pinballing off one player and another and just kind of crashing into people and it led to this very clumsy situation dan and now he's out injured because of it it's it's a bit of a fluke accident also partially mama not good i mean yes it's, it's a lot of things right and i think there there's a struggle to say you shouldn't have played lukaku today that we could have won one nil two nil with any type of lineup with any 11 and we did score goals with lukaku and Werner both off the pitch so uh point proven there that we could you also, though, have on the opposite side, Juventus won today. And so now they are absolutely in the driver's seat. We're, it's a must-win game against Juventus now to kind of feature, uh, feature a finish in the top of the group. And uh, Norwich have been absolutely terrible in the Premier League. So I also think you didn't have to start Lukaku in that game either. So I don't know, Nick. I, I think, you know... Tuchel is getting a lot of the heat for this, and I think maybe more so because he also talked about the fatigue that Lukaku was <laughs> suffering from before this match. But this it was very unfortunate. Like this was, you know, freak accident could have happened in any of the matches we play, and like that's a hard one to plan or project for. Yeah, I mean, I think he got too cute, right? Trying to play too many mind games, trying to, you know ensure that everyone was planning for Havertz or Werner to start up top and he got too cute. I mean, too cool? it, yeah, it's, I think this is on him. Um, and, and not because he can control injuries on the field. I'm not being ridiculous, but you don't need Lukaku to beat these farmers. I mean, come on. Like, and you don't need him to beat Norwich either. I mean, if you were serious that he needed a break, give him an extended break. I mean, these are two, like, very, like, easily beatable uh, competitors that you're coming up against. And we know that Chelsea are about to enter the most favorable part of our Premier League schedule coming up, right? A place that we could cement ourselves at the top of the league heading into the holiday season. And it just, I think he got too cute, but frankly. Like, I think it was just... You know, he's been very good at the mind games and surprising us with lineups and all this stuff. And it just didn't come off. And, you know, the, the Werner one is something he can't control. I mean, it's a hammy or whatever. But, I mean, if 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 uh, Lukaku is feeling that tired, if he's that mentally worn out, then he's probably not playing at his best. And maybe it's part of the reason that, you know, he gets caught a couple of times today. And it, it wasn't only that tackle. He had one beforehand, too. Um, so, I don't I don't know. I it's 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 a hard thing to say because Tuchel's been really really good at Chelsea for uh, his entire almost one season now. Uh, but 
yeah, I don't know. I just don't think you need Lukaku to beat Malmo, and I don't think you need him to beat Norwich. Well, obviously, you're responding to the the quotes from Tuchel post-match uh, brought to you by Naz over at Goal.com. Uh, Tuchel says he spoke to Lukaku before kickoff about his fatigue, but wanted him to play as the best medicine was a goal. Goals heal strikers. <laughs> Goals fix strikers. To your point, do we need him now versus Norwich? I mean, Dan saying you assume he's going to play one of the two matches. Probably wasn't going to play more than 60 minutes today. Um, but it didn't go to plan. Tuchel even defending it, saying he didn't regret playing Lukaku. It wasn't a muscle injury like Timo. It was an impact from a bad tackle. So he's like, you know, that's just kind of a part of the game. The good news, if you want to take a silver lining, is that it is Norwich. So, again, on paper, you shouldn't need him. But the bad side is, how long is it going to take for him to recover? They have no idea. Uh, the Chelsea website put this out. I love him to bits, right? But uh, Tuchel update on Lukaku and Timo. No update. Need another scan. Got it. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, the update to the update. Son of a bitch. Uh, no. So I, I get it. I mean, I can I can see both, right? You play in Malmo, you get the points. I think it's much more important that you get the point, that you lock in the points against Malmo than you get him available for, for Norch. I mean, if I'm trying to manage both things, that's, that's the way I look at it, you know, especially... You didn't know Juventus won before the match, right? So two, so and we've pretty much seen Tuchel always put out his absolute best lineup anytime he can. This is pretty common from him as well. If anything, we've probably seen more rotation this season than last. So I can kind of see where he went, but um, you know we're gonna have to fill the void unless you're his fantasy manager. Then you're probably saying there's not much of a void to fill because he hasn't scored goals lately. Again, trying to fix that. You play a striker so they can work through their issues. Um, so, yeah, I think interesting that he kind of called out um, uh, Havertz and hudson Adoy to try to fill the solution for goals. Interesting. Um, those two are very different players in different situations. Um, but that's kind of how Tuchel's going. He's like, all right, don't have you. On to the next one. I need you to do it. And his backup was Werner Nick and Timo went off with a hamstring injury, which again is overexertion. I, I I do wonder how much like the rain and the shitty weather happen when it's cold, your muscles tighten up more. We know Timo is a pacey guy, always looking to play into gaps. Um, but either way, losing Lukaku and Timo in the first half was was not a great feeling. I hope they both came out as a out of an abundance of caution. I should say. Like, you know, just not wanting to push it. But Timo's worries me more because so so much of his game is his speed. And if he if he's dealing with a hamstring thing for an extended period of time, I mean he's he's kind of like a, a racehorse, man. Like you can't run him. Like it, it's it's just gonna be really difficult for him to perform at any level because it's not as if he has a whole lot of razzle-dazzle to his game. He's kind of straight line shoot at goal or in the area, I guess. Um, so I, I think that one's a little scarier, frankly. And, and let's hope that they're both not as bad as they looked on on camera. He pulled up, though. I mean, it was a non-contact deal. Right down the tunnel, Dan. Yep. Well, I mean, he's missed, it looks like, in the past three years... 
five matches to injury. That's strong. Five or six. Like one of those was like a bout of influenza. Uh, so pre pre COVID time frame. Um, oh, you remember so the like, flu? Good times. <laughs> Gosh, uh, good opportunity to remind people get a flu shot. It's yeah. nice thing to do. Um, but anyway, like. I I agree that there it's more worrying when it's a muscle injury and there's like a less there's less to know about when to expect somebody back and I I do think though there's an opportunity um, to leverage now the the depth of talent we do have but it does mean that we're thin now in those areas because you know I think someone tweeted like it's it's finally the lineup we want to see. Uh, just they're on the bench in recovery because people wanted to see Werner Pulisic and Lukaku, <laughs> but they're all in the in the club uh, or in the tub, not at, at the club. So not not ideal, uh, but it created opportunities for other people to get involved. We talked about Christensen getting the goal, uh, Jorginho on the double for pens. I wonder how many times a, a, a single penalty taker has taken two penalties in the same match but faced two different goalkeepers. Like, there's a fun fact for you. It probably doesn't yeah, that's happen. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> probably doesn't happen that often, uh, which is good for him. Uh, but the people who came on, you know, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Kai Havertz, they had opportunities to run and shine. I thought the midfield looked well today, but I'm not going to lie. We see 4 nothing, right? We see Callum having success. We see Kai Havertz having success. We see Rudiger enjoying himself all match. I think there is the Malmo kind of variable that you have to take into the equation, Dan saying they're not that good and Chelsea really could do whatever they wanted today had a lot of opportunities to create uh had a lot of opportunities to finish I'd say Kai's goal was pretty lucky I thought he was trying to cross it nice little skip across the wet goal mouth and went in off the post but to be fair they had opportunities and they did look good yeah I know that there was a a few times where Tuchel was a little unhappy with Kai's passes and you know some of the errant passes they either went out of play or we got intercepted and you saw him up and yelling and you saw friends of ours tweeting about it who were at the game I think this is a promising element regardless of the competition because I I mean I think Tuchel's dead on with it but like Goals are usually, usually, for most things, cure a lot of issues for a striker and someone playing in a forward position. And this is, at the tail end of the last season, one of the areas where we saw Havertz playing the best in that central role, supported by the likes of Mason uh, and and Timo. And Callum coming in off that left-hand side, man, adds just so much that really we can kind of experiment and play with. And, you know, set, sets up Havertz for a goal. And... I mean, Havertz actually, if he's on target with that first shot he has, could have had a brace. So, like, he, he was getting into good areas. I think it's just building back into the comfort with who he's playing with. And uh, if we get that, you know, we, we could have a pretty pretty nice weekend coming up, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, I we haven't seen these two play a whole lot together. I mean, let's be fair about it, right? But the, the glimpses that we saw against a group of of, uh, of you know, not that talented opposition, if we're being honest about it, it w- was good. Um, now, we're lucky in the fact that we play some not-so-talented opposition again this weekend. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they'll they'll you know get the band back together and, and start scoring for fun. I mean, it does, you know, as Dan was saying, though, I mean, the reason that you have a deep squad, the reason that you have competition is when this happens, Cal steps up, 
Mm-hmm. Interesting that he was the first sub in that position too. Um, Ziesch probably gets another chance to get in there and shine. Um, if if Pulisic is able to come back from his injury, I'm sure he'll get another shot in there as well. So, I mean, all is not lost. But I mean, if you're if you're too preferred forward options are out for an extended period of time. You're going to have to really get creative with where goals come from. But I mean, it's not like we were banging them in before either. So, I mean, this is, it's just a weird situation to be in. I don't know. It's fair. I would say mama, they're in that situation where like, they're not really in season. <laughs> so like on their form table, they played Zenit and then Juventus. And then last year, Real Madrid PSG, like <laughs> they've had a tough run of it as well. Um, but they're not great, and it was fun to see Cal when he's given time and space. He will attack it. Um, he's still rusty. I remember even on the Kai goal, uh, Kai was out wide, and Cal was kind of like running parallel with him, and Kai was like, no, I'm outside. You cut in. Make the defender choose, and he overhit his pass, but Kai, just, his long legs is deceptive. He can get two things that you don't think he normally can, uh, obviously uh, fooled Ederson in the Champions League final as well. But, like, he is deceptively quick. And so, th- you know, just a little things with Cal. But I'm not going to fault him, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of minutes to stay Give sharp, to to know which decision to make, to, to have his instincts kick in. Um, so, that you know, it's good to see. Give him a run. Yeah. I mean, like, give him a fucking run. I, I want to see him play like four or five matches in a row in that spot and see if he can produce, right? I mean, there are not many players who get that kind of a a run at Chelsea unless your name's Mason Mountain because you're really, really, really fucking good and you're a Ballon d'Or nominee. Um, Like, I mean, give him a run. See what he can do over a period of games. Evaluate that performance. And if it's better than, you know, what you've seen from other people in training, keep him there. If other players are looking better in training... He's back on the bench. Like, that's just the way the game works. And we're going to see a lot of variations, Dan, up front this year for Chelsea. Maybe this is his moment. Well, there's five matches between now and the Mm -hmm. next international break. You have to imagine that Lukaku and Werner, I would say, if one of them plays at some point during those matches, that would be phenomenal. But I would actually go with the abundance of caution and bet on the team to get the results. Like, we play Malmo again. Mm-hmm. We play Burnley. We play Newcastle. The the newly cash-rich Newcastle. Uh, Soon to be relegated. Steve Southampton. Bruceless. Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not toothless. They're Bruceless. <laughs> um, Southampton in the League Cup and the Norwich. You would imagine that Callum should probably start three, two, five of those. I would. You would hope, yeah. right? I think he definitely yeah. would push for it. I don't think he hurt his chances today at all with with the performances. Thought the midfield, yeah, but but, good. It, but it's it's the the there's so much quick switching that can happen, right? I think like the some players are doing well, so there's like the immediate replacement to another player, and the kind of in in and out the carousel continues to spin, and we just and the ride and we go like we need to give him the a, a true but run. him. Ziesh Pulisic will be back. I mean, he has more players to manage than just Callum, and that's been the problem. Uh, right, right before the Super Cup, there, there was an article that Pulisic commented on, uh, where he was like, "Look, uh, I scored in the in the first leg against Real Madrid in the semifinals. I was on a tear. I was on the best form of my season, and I didn't get a play the second 
the home leg against um, Real Madrid. Now we know that he came in and provided the kind of the crucial final assist for Mason to score and whatever. But like, even when you're on top of your game, you can get shifted out, right? Like that was his point. It was like I felt like I was playing the best, you know, especially after a really tough season for me with injuries. I felt like I was playing the best that I'd played all year, and I got yanked, you know. And so it's like. I think all the players would naturally be frustrated there. I mean, Kai's not played that much football this year. I think about that. Like the guy who won us the Champions League last year is is not first choice right now. And it's because he hasn't been very good. Now, I think that goal today helps him massively. And I think he needed it more than anybody. And and hopefully he gets a shot to get in there and get his mojo back because I'm still really interested to see what a Havertz Lukaku mount front three looks like and functions like once once they're all healthy. But I mean, that guy's been relatively absent this year, like not even really used as a sub recently. So like it can happen to anyone. He was 72 million pounds, <laughs> you know, so I just played six starts in 672, uh, 27 minutes for, for the, for a generational talent. I mean, that's not anything. I mean, it's crazy. And he's not been playing well. So, I mean, I, I, all, all the point that I'm trying to make here is that you have all these talented forward players, none of whom this season have been humming. Mason hasn't been humming. Like, and he's getting minutes, right? Like, you, you look at the, the wide Swatham. Give Calm a run in the squad. Give Kai a run in the squad. See if they can get their mojo back. Because the, the dirty secret is when you get into February, you get into the Club World Cup, you get into all these competitions where it just stacks and stacks and stacks. You need all these players to be ready and, and ready to, to, to score because we're going to need goal scores. Two spots just opened up, all right? It's probably going to be for at least two matches, uh, potentially more. Again, as long as the team is winning, it takes the pressure off getting Lukaku and Werner back in the lineup uh, sooner than they absolutely have to be. So you would think that some people are going to get a run. We'll have to see. We obviously need to get Pulisic healthy too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, random at OptiJoeStat, six no Chelsea players scored more times for the club under Thomas Tuchel in all competitions in Kai Havertz. Six level with Mount counterpart. That number's so stupid low. <laughs> Mount like, and Kai. Come on. <laughs> come on, man. Two positive things, like as we poke fun at one, we are now have 15 different players who have scored for Chelsea this season with uh, Jorginho and Christensen uh, adding to to the mix today. Um, second being is that like our defense scores like we went through a period of time where our, like defenders forgot how to score goals and now they score them in bunches. So like, yes, it's weird that it's so low, but I also love the idea that if we get one or two of these players firing into like a. 15 to 20 a goal season, like we very quickly accelerate into a very large number of total goals for the season. Well, that's my piece. As long as Rudiger gets that long shot down, we should be in really good shape. So if he gets that down, watch out. (laughs) Real Madrid is not going to sleep till they sign him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, Jorginho impressed Squawka tweeting his game by numbers versus mama saying hundred percent shot accuracy. I bet it was two. You assholes. <laughs> 82 passes, 12 ball recoveries, which is the most. 10 passes into the final third, eight duels won, eight tackles made, most. 
Six passes into the box, four touches in the opponent's box, three interceptions, and two goals. Man of the match. That's actually trademark, so I think it was king in the match or whatever. Star of the match in Champions League. It's star of the match. Um, so, yeah. It's like look. the off-brand cereal of, of mm-hmm. man of the match names. <laughs> so Great value, man of the match. <laughs> yeah. Jorginho, did he take the armband when Aspi went off? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, obviously, he clearly still holds a lot of weight in the locker room, Dan. He, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, again, I'm his mama. They they weren't great. Again, he scored two goals. They're both in the penalty spot. Like, do you feel like he's really pulling the strings here today? Or was it one of those things where it was like, he just had huge passing lanes and life was pretty easy for the guy. And Jorginho, like, with a little bit of rest, I mean, he's got his swag. I mean, like, if he can get a little rest and get his time on the ball, he is absolutely crucial to what, what we do. But Things like, you they, don't they were, normally get. <laughs> but, yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, like, the pressing of the the, the marshmallows was not that great. And so they came in quite frequently. <laughs> the fighting mallows. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting mouse. The Malmo Malos. <laughs> they got s'mored. Um, oh, but anyway. No. <laughs> stop. Oh, man. But anyway, Jorginho uh, is feeling drunk. himself. It's a great place to be. Feel and drunk. And we're having a good time. Let's see. What, what point were you making, Dan? Well, uh, the, the point is that, that Jorginho is, when he gets the time, when he gets a little rest, because we, we saw him pre-break where he was fatigued as all hell and so now that he got you know a little bit of opportunity to rest same with Conte right both of them had a really strong outing today and that's very encouraging to see as well a Jorginho that is effective in the game helping be that metronome a Conte that's continuing to break things up and just play like four players on the pitch is things that we should be excited about because I I think there's a lot of people are going to walk away from this match yeah, we won, but like there's the Lukaku and Werner thing is going to like hang over them like a dark cloud. And we just need to be like, look, there are things to be positive about. There are things to take away from this match that are worth looking at. I mean, like, yes, that did happen. This is a good point to look at. Jorginho was was good today. Yeah. Conte was so much better. I can't even believe that we're that we're talking about like the only reason Messi's going to win the Ballon d'Or is these two are splitting the votes. I mean, my God. It's just, it's great. I mean, here's the here's the real thing though. I was thinking about this earlier. Jorginho and Conte on rest looked really good. Now, level of competition, yada yada yada. We've seen them look really good at the highest level too, right? You also then have this weird wrinkle of having a midfield rotation of Ruben Loftus Cheek and Kovacic, which could also be interesting. You might think if you're too cool this season that. You get into the rotational midfield thing to keep everyone fresh and to keep everyone healthy. And boy, does Ruben Loftus-Cheek then become a really valuable asset to you in your season if he can stay healthy, right? Because, I mean, whether it's a big Premier League game or a big Champions League game, if you can get Jorginho and Conte healthy, it is different. It, you know, it's a it's a huge difference. To see N'Golo winning balls up top again, you're like, oh, yeah. I remember how we won the Champions League last year. This guy's insane. He's just he's just the best footballer on the planet right now. So it's something to think about because 
I mean, we just like you said, Dan, Jorginho has been not very good at the beginning of the season. It's obvious as to why he's played a shit ton of football this year. Um, same with all these players. And, hey, let's just throw in another World Cup every two years because they haven't played enough. So um, if if you can't tell, I'm against that idea. Um, but I think I think that could be an option, a sneaky option for Tuchel. So Conte had a shot, blazed it. <laughs> he did have a shot. <laughs> he got that little layup at the top of the box. Uh, he was smiling after that, too, and sure, shit, Jorginho had two shots. Uh, but good for him. Look, at, But he, I, did, he did take them differently, though. Like, I mean, that, that's great. also another thing to kind of highlight is he didn't go with the hop and the skip. I prefer this look from him, by the way. I the just frosted tips? Oh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the frosted tips out of nowhere. In Man. the rain. Yeah, no, I, I prefer the, uh, the, hey, why don't we just hit it into the net with, with force? I like that one. You yeah. don't need to show off all the time. Just hit it. Hey, it's Damn. tactics. So anyways, um, yeah, well done. You got to be it's in front of you. Uh, but there's definitely going to be tougher tougher fixtures throughout the season. Uh, I mean, look, Georgina's just lucky that Stoke's not in the Premier League this season. Am I right? Okay, anyways, Dan of the match. What do cool. you got, man? Well, uh, I gave people some options. I also gave people a cut and paste option if they disagreed so that they could just put their own player name in there. I saved them some keystrokes. Uh, I went with Christensen, Havertz, Jorginho, and Mount, and Christensen won. Uh, Jorginho was uh, not too far behind, though. It was Christensen with 43%, Jorginho with 36%, and then Havertz and Mount basically around 11 and 10, uh, or 11 and 11 each. How you could leave Rudiger out of this. My God. That was one I got after. It was like, I mean, he wasn't going to win. He was my vote. <laughs> I, I mean, like, the only time I ever feel bad, just, you know, inside baseball here. Uh, the only time I ever feel bad is, is never. <laughs> cold, heartless <laughs> bastard. Is it When's cold? the last time Edouard Mendy was in there? Ugh. Last week? Yeah. When he I won it? I yeah. hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to picking and shucking corn. Again, Ooh, Iowa burn. <laughs> Don't make me make fun of Seattle again. Cool wool hat, Dan. <laughs> Your points, Dan. Your what you feel bad about in the man of the match pool. Well, if if, I, if anybody legitimately was a number one shout, like the the people would have said, you know what. I 100% think that this is wrong because you left off the man of the match, the player, which typically never happens. Like, you know, 800-ish votes and eight people replied and like three said Rudiger. So I don't feel bad. Gotcha. So if you're one of those three people, Dan's not going to lose any sleep. But it was good. Um, you know, I think that we had a lot of options, which is a good situation. Uh, it doesn't always happen like that. And... Uh, but Christensen and Jorginho, obviously Jorginho on the double, but the hype behind Christensen getting his first goal. And let me remind you, 137 appearances. Got it. So uh, the table as it stands in our group H, Juventus H are in first. They are undefeated, 3-4-3 three, three, with nine points. Chelsea are in second, having dropped points against Juventus on six points. Zenit in third on three points. Imama zero points uh, with a negative 11 goal difference. So close the blinds. The, it's over. It is all done. Uh, some interesting results here. 
uh, a shit ton of goals in the previous day. I think it was like 35 some goals or something like that scored. Uh, it's a little bit different during our match, but um, I don't know. Um, just scrolling here. Porto beating Milan's not good for poor old Fick and Giroud. Ajax pumping Dortmund for nothing. What's wrong with your uh, FIFA team there, Nick? Ajax beating Dortmund? I don't know. Yeah, I know you love playing Dortmund on FIFA. I only put Chelsea on, on FIFA um, because I don't have time. Uh, I, I will say the... Uh, the the crushing one of the day was Atalanta not being able to hold on against Manchester United. I yeah. was so looking forward to writing those storylines. Few few things more insufferable than a Ronaldo game winner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just he's he's just saving them from what is such a easy thing. Just just can it ruin your season? Move on. He he saved all his job today. Like if they had lost, Straight out, you yeah. would imagine. Yeah, it's funny watching some uh, Man United uh, blogs being retweeted into the timeline. Like for you know, when they went down, it was like has to be out by the end of the match. Absolutely ridiculous. And then full time, they're like, "Oh my gosh, we won! It was absolutely incredible!" Like it wasn't I mean, incredible. No, well, you even had Paul even, Scholes and Rio Ferdinand came fighting on BT Sports. So uh, one absolute gentleman and scholar, and then one absolute redheaded muggle so that's how you separate those two hmm. uh probabilities here dan redheaded muggle <laughs> yeah it's that's an insult that Dude sounds worse than it is but like yeah, oh yeah i'm not trying to be offensive i'm just trying to like make it sound like i might be throwing shade at him sure throw as much shade uh, as you fucking want anyway current probabilities are uh in favor of man city or munich to uh, win the final. How do they not learn? Man City is a is a dead horse. Uh, uh, 22% probability that they would win the final at current computation. Liverpool at 13%. Hayax has seemingly jumped up into 10. I would imagine that that has to do with where they place in the group and that they are being one favored good result. One. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe... Well, I mean, they've won three, but they also play Besiktas and Sporting. And so, like, their group hasn't been the most difficult. Can I can I throw out a shout-out to RB Salzburg, who are leading their group by uh, four points, I think? Yep, uh, you're correct. They are, they're getting it done, son, and uh, they deserve a little credit because that's a... It's a decent little uh, feeder team to Leipzig that is, is playing better than Leipzig in the Champions League. Yeah, maybe Jesse Marsh should go back. I mean, Sheriff is still on top of their group. I mean, they're they're tied. They're on six points right now, and Real Madrid's also on six points. But I'm pretty sure they have the tiebreaker because they beat Real Madrid. It's over Inter Milan, so there's that. Um, yeah, absolutely, really interesting stuff as it shakes out. Look, I think the PSG, Man City, RB Leipzig, Club Bruges was like a big group that everyone's watching, um, but Leipzig just not offering anything there. Uh, the Liverpool Atletico Porto Milan one again, AC Milan being the odd duck out, I think is a bit of a surprise. Uh, group C is boring. Group D is boring. Group E is boring. Except Barcelona finally got their first win. So congrats for showing up. Uh, group F is boring, except United are trying to mess it up. Group G what, is what super are the standings boring. in, in uh, the United group? 
So they're in first on six points, Atalanta second on four, Villarreal second on four, Young Boys three. But I mean, everyone's within one or three, two, I'm sorry, two or three points God, of each other. So to go that, to the the result today probably means that they advance to the next round. It would take a lot for them to be that inconsistent. I don't know. Were they at home? They were at home. So they have to go on the road. Uh, and then, yeah, Group G is boring, and Group H is us. So exciting for obvious reasons. So anyways, that's all we've got. Look, it's midweek episode. Hope you enjoyed it. A lot of different stuff we covered. Um, you know, definitely, I think, bittersweet, like Andrew said at the beginning, three-word match review so is a pretty fair way to talk about this one, Dan. Um, I'm not really putting up much of a fight at all, um, which is good for us. Just wish it wasn't at the cost of our two main strikers as long as we don't beat ourselves we'll win the league this season here we go follow again. that up nick all right here we go again is it wait is that why the new not shirt? us the sequel here we go again that's the new shirt here nick we did go. it again yes <laughs> all right in a merch store near you um, here we go again classic uh, fun i love it well hey uh again just glass plug if you uh want to stay connected and have fun amazing community on discord through our patreon so uh go connect with them they are absolutely rowdy during matches but we love them so anyways that's gonna wrap us up we'll be back with the norch preview on friday before a very early kickoff uh at the weekend so anyways we appreciate all of you uh go enjoy yourself hope you enjoyed the win but until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high